0: Amen. Are you okay today? I hope you are. All right. If you have your Bibles, you might want to open to, uh, well, we're, just hang on a second. We're going to be in Daniel 10, but we also will jump into Luke But prior to that. So I want to talk to you about being aware of the importance of prayer. Actually, prayer probably is the most neglected aspect of church today. You call a prayer meeting, and uh, you don't know, have a few people show up, but, you know, you uh, it's just because whatever. And today I want to try to implant in your heart a fresh vision of what prayer really is, how it works, and what you can expect. Uh, I found a, it, it, they say it's a true story and I don't doubt it, but many years ago in Wales, there was a lady and her husband who, uh, they were bringing electricity into the area. And so they thought it would be great to have electricity in their home, Okay. And back then, you, you had to pay for the connections to come into your house. It wasn't like when you buy a house today and you call up uh, Wisconsin Public Service or wherever you are and then they you know, do a few things and all of a sudden you turn on the switch and, and it's there. So this particular lady and her husband spent a significant amount of money in that culture in that time to get uh, electricity hooked up to their house. And uh, so after it was hooked up and, and the meter and all that stuff was put in, uh, and it was, it was sort of a new endeavor for Wales. So they had, you know, they monitored their customers rather closely. Okay, if you decided to have electricity, they'd sort of watch what your usage was and all those kinds of things. Well, this particular family paid all that money, but it had just a little bit of usage. I mean, it was, it was minuscule. So right away they're thinking, uh, well, they're, uh, maybe something's wrong with the connection. Or maybe the people don't understand. Or, you know, what, what how, what's up? So they go to the person's house, knock on the door and say, you know, we're with the electric utility, and we put the electricity in. We notice that you're not using a lot of electricity, we like to check and see if our meter is okay, if our hookups are okay. And so uh, she said, oh, everything's working fine. Here's how we use it. When it, gets, when it starts to get dark, we turn on the electric lights, we light all of our candles and lamps, and we turn the electricity off. Now, here, here's the point. Here's the point with this. She had all of the ability to use electricity in, in a lot of ways, but she really didn't understand that it wouldn't be that expensive. The big expense was putting it in. But see, we a lot of us are like that with our prayer lives. We you know we you know why didn't she use electricity? Now, she believed in electricity, right? Or she wouldn't have paid to have it put in. And she believed that the electric company would would fulfill their deal. Trouble, expense, but she didn't understand the potential of electricity. And I want to tell you today, all of you are plugged in, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're plugged into a power source that is bigger than anything that can be generated nuclearly, uh, generated by a waterfall or, or gas that turns turbines. We have the ability to plug into God And as I was studying for these messages and and this particular message, I got to thinking about myself in prayer. I'm a person of prayer. I pray. But there's some elements that I want to get you excited about. In fact, someone today asked me if I had any props for the message. Because last week I had fruit. A few weeks ago when I did the baggage sermon, I had all kinds of bags. And I was carrying bags around, remember? And if you were here. And uh, I said, I was thinking what I really needed and my wife was in the first service, I said I was going to dress dress Jan up like an angel and put some wings on her. And when I was preaching about prayer, I'd had her just flying around here. Now, what does it have to do with prayer? When I get into Daniel, I'll tell you what, and this was just sort of a fresh tweak to me again, and, and in Hebrews, and I'll share some of these scriptures with you. When you pray, God dispenses angels to be that conduit between you and God. And, and we're going to talk about Daniel and, and, and his uh, 21 days of praying before he got the answer. And so I want to tell you, when you really get a hold of the power of prayer and what God wants to do for you, it is fantastic. So, But here's the deal with people. Why don't they pray? You think, well, God's either going to do it or God's not going to do it. So why bother? They regard prayer as a last resort. You know, well, all else has failed. <laughs> Many years ago, Jan and I and Chad, our daughter Brooke was staying with a with a friend in in Oregon when we pastored there, and we were flying from Indianapolis, Indiana, to Portland, Oregon, and uh, so we had been bumped off a couple of flights. I took it on purpose because if you get bumped off that day, I got like four free tickets for all of our family. I just kept bumped and was waiting for the next flight, so I got a pocket full of free tickets. We finally get on a a plane, and it's late at night. We're flying into Portland from Indianapolis. Well, we had flown in there many times, and when you come in, you come in over the Willamette Valley. They follow the river, and right by Mount Hood, and you settle down at the airport there. Well, we we didn't do that. We sort of flew over Portland. It was a clear night. It's a rare thing when it's not raining there, (laughs) and uh, it it drizzles all the time, and that's why it's so green, but uh, so... The pilot comes on, says, uh, this is the pilot, and I could hear fear in his voice. He said, we've lost half of our hydraulic fluid. And um, he said, we're going to circle out over the ocean. We're going to drop most of our fuel. Now, I'm thinking right away, why is he doing that? Because he doesn't, if we crash, he doesn't want the plane to be quite as big a torch. It's comforting, right? And then, then he says... Uh, this, uh, the stewardess are going to come through, and you've got to assume the position, you know, where you, you know, grab behind here, put your head between the legs. Now, I've got a weird brain. Some of you know that already. I'm thinking if we crash, I don't want them to find me that way. Whew. I mean, you can play with that one in your brain a little while, and you figure out what I'm trying to talk about. Now, here's the interesting thing. So we're sitting there, and prior to this rather grim announcement, you know, the people sitting around us, it's, you know, you you couldn't help but hear, and it was colorful language that wasn't so cool, and I was a little bit mad because my 10-year-old son's with me, and I don't like him hearing all these bad words. But the minute the pilot says, you got to assume the position, and we're dumping our fuel, Every, I mean, I heard people praying. Maybe they'd never prayed before because it's an emergency. You see what I mean? So a lot of us, even today, maybe it's not an airplane crash, but we only pray when things get bad or difficult. God, where are you? You know, I mean, hey, you know. And people who don't even care about God, some tragedy happens in there and say, God, how could you do this? You know what I mean? But the reality is prayer is so important. But some people think of it as like a Hail Mary pass. Maybe we'll score a touchdown. So we pray a little bit. We throw up occasional appeals. But in their hearts, they don't view prayer as important. Now, we're going to look at Daniel. We talked about him a while. Daniel's an interesting guy. In fact, next Sunday... I'm going I'm to also talk again about Daniel because next Sunday, the, many of the young people that go to our catalyst, that's our, 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 our junior high and senior high group, are going to take a purity pledge. Uh, they've been taught on purity, no sex before marriage, drugs, alcohol, teach them respect, those kinds of things, and they're going to take this purity pledge. And I'm going to use Daniel. When Daniel was a slave, and then they were going to force him to eat and drink some of the stuff that he didn't think was right for him, they chose not to do it. And so... We're going to talk Daniel's interesting. And then Daniel moved up the ladder in, in, in that kingdom. And then if you were here a few weeks ago, and I talked about Daniel when uh, he wouldn't bow to the statue of the king, they threw him into the lion's den. So he was, the Bible says he prayed in the morning, he prayed at noon, he prayed at night. And so when you think about that, he was a man of prayer. And, and I'm telling you, this isn't some, you know, little book that, you know, some prayer book or you flip to page six and you pray. You just talk to God. You tell God what's going on in your life. I talk to God all the time. I talk to God in my car. I'm sure sometimes people will drive by me in the car and say, that guy's a little weird. He's talking. There's nobody in the other seat. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking to God. I talk to God in the morning. I I pray in the morning before I get up. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I will pray. I, I just really believe that we pray. He prayed for wisdom. He prayed for guidance. He prayed that God would forgive the sins of the people. And I tell you, this, this week that we're in right now, leading up to next, uh, next week, first part of next week, it's a time like you should pray like never before. I don't know if you've been watching the news, the uh, Catholic bishop here in town is getting a lot of heat because he sent a letter out. And in every Catholic bulletin today, he's stating the reasons when you evaluate a candidate, you evaluate a candidate on moral issues. Let me tell you, study American history. Back in the early days, man, they were praying in the White House. They were praying in Congress. They would even use the White House in, 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 on weekends for church services. They brought in the national band to be the, the, the worship team. And now, man, you'd better not talk about that stuff. We need to pray like never before for the United States of America. We're not talking political parties necessarily. We're talking about sincere prayer because, you know what, I've lived long enough. I get pictures from my kids out in Utah, but I got grandkids that are coming up. And my kids are, you know, in their early 30s and late 20s. They're going to face some stuff if we don't pray, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. But we don't pray. You call a prayer meeting, a few people dribble through. It's not a big deal, you know. So we got to learn. We got to get back. We have to get back to the basics of prayer. And now in our text, in a few minutes, we'll find Daniel struggling in prayer for 21 days. Something didn't happen. Many Christians, have a hard time praying for that and that long. Before we go to Daniel, though, I want to read the scripture to you in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. Verse 1 says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Say not give up. Well, the first service was much more veriferous with that not give up. Not give up! Come on, come on. Not give up! He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. Now, I have have some friends who are judges, but there are a lot of judges out there. They don't care about what the people think. They don't care about anything. They just make their decisions. That's sort of like this judge that Jesus was talking about here. And there was a widow in the town that kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For even some time he had refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? So it's that persistent thing. Persistence. Kids, early on, really become persistent. Many of you remember a guy named Paul Harvey. Do you ever remember Paul Harvey? He was on the radio all the time. If you don't remember, it's okay. He had a thing where many times he would end his broadcast with the rest of the story. He tells a true story about a mother who had a little three-year-old boy, and this three-year-old boy was a chocolate chip alcoholic. This kid could have lived on milk and chocolate chip cookies, and so whenever she'd take him to the store, before she would go in the store, she would say to him, "Look at honey, we're not buying any chocolate chip cookies. Got it, little three-year-old? Okay, get in the store. She puts him in the." a little seat in there. And they're cruising around the store, and finally they come to the aisle where there are chocolate chip cookies. She says, Mom, can I have chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you no chocolate chip cookies. And she keeps, you know, weaving through the store, and like a lot of times you miss something on an aisle, and she had to go back to the aisle where the chocolate chip cookies were, not to buy chocolate chips, but to buy something else. And they drive by, they ride by this uh, in the cart, and he says, Mom... Can I have some chocolate chip cookies? She says, no. I told you in the car. I told you the first time we passed through here. And now I'm telling you again, no chocolate chip cookies. She turns her cart a couple minutes later to head to the checkout stand. True story. I believe Paul. The little kid lurches out of his little seat, stands up. He said, in the name of Jesus, I want chocolate chip cookies. And, by, and people in the store started to laugh and snicker. And by the time she wheeled out of the store, there were 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies in her cake. People, in the name of Jesus, we've got to get this kid some chocolate chip cookies. And Paul Harvey said, that is the rest of the story. There's something about persistence, isn't there? something about it, we ought always to pray and not give up. I mean, we can learn lessons from this. But why? Why should we always pray and not give up? Is God deaf? Do we keep bothering until he throws up his hands and said, okay, here's some chocolate chip cookies. If I don't grant their request, I'll never get any rest. That's not not where it is. I really think that the issue is, in fact, what our text deals with in Daniel chapter 10. And let's look at verses 10 through 12. Now, remember I told you Daniel was a man of prayer. And I want to tell you something. You can move into this arena in your life. I mean, if this can happen to Daniel, what I'm going to read to you here in a moment, why can't it happen to us? Why can't we see the hand of God moving through every relationship? Tim Johnson and I met yesterday morning for breakfast. And... Uh, Tim has a miraculous story of how God has progressively and continually healed him through an unbelievable battle with cancer. And we're going to look at a date to have him come and share that. And we're going to have a great healing service. We're thinking the Sunday after Thanksgiving right now, if I can, if everything works out all right. But prayer is what sustained Tim and his family through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay? So, I want you to really get a hold of, of what it is. And when I, when I read this scripture, I want you to just think about it with me. Now, Daniel's praying, but remember, he was a man of prayer. As he was praying, he says this in verse 10, And a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He was praying. There was no one else in the room. And a hand touched him. And he dropped to his knees and he began to tremble and pray. You see, I believe. Remember I told you about angels? Angels. I can hear, there's a song where I can hear the voice of angels. Or I can hear, I can feel their wings. They're here. Many years ago in a church in Boise, Idaho, and I'd met the man on a few days. His name was Richard Buck. Pastor of a large church there. And they began to pray in their church. They wanted God to do something. They were tired of just playing church as normal. You know something, friends? I'm tired of church as normal. Where we just come, we sing a few songs, we hear something. You know, and sort of then we go... just go out, and it doesn't really affect us. Man, I want to see God do something fantastic. I'm not talking about crowds. I'm talking about God, but doing something special. So he started to pray. And all of a sudden, he was having angels visit him when he would pray. In fact, the Bible says, and they always don't have wings. I told you I was going to get Jan dressed up and flap her wings, but the the reality is the Bible even says in Hebrews that you must be aware. uh, uh, You can entertain angels unaware. I mean, I've had a few occasions. I don't know if it's an angel where I would talk to someone and they would give me some, just out of the clear blue sky, some tremendous insight. And then a few minutes, later, where are they? Who was that? But So they started to pray and believe God and they had many angelic things happen. People start getting healed. People started coming from all over America because it was such a presence. You could get in there. Sometimes they would just be in prayer and they would just, they'd feel this presence and they'd feel the, the wind move and there wasn't Fans. I'm talking about that guy. I mean, that'll get your attention. That'll wake you up. That'll make you seem, well, I got to go to church today. No. You want to go and you want to experience something. He said, this hand touched me and I trembling. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. See, people of prayer are highly esteemed. Carefully, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I now have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come to respond to them. Let me just tell you right now, you don't have to have a degree. I've got a I've got a Bachelor of uh, Arts degree in Bible. My wife has a Bachelor of Science degree in, in Christian education. Big deal. You don't need to, you know, know the first every book of the Bible right there. You should. In fact, it would embarrass you when the kids come out of the the children's church area and they can wrap off all of the verses of the Bible. But the reality is this. From right now, if this is the first day, if something happens in you today and say, you know what? I'm going to pray before I get up in the morning. I'm going to have a dialogue with God. When I take my lunch break, I'm going to have a dialogue with God. If I'm driving in my car, I'm going to have a dialogue with God. From the very first day that you set your heart He will esteem you, and he will listen to you. And he will send angels. And and there'll just be this communication thing going back and forth. But here's the deal. As you read and study, and I don't have time to get into all of the prophetic implications of these verses, then he continued, do not be afraid. A lot of things in this life that bring fear to us. Fear of financial failure, fear in our jobs, fear of are we raising our kids right? Are they going to serve God Uh, uh, Is my marriage going to make it? You know, is my company not going to close? Or is it going to stay open? All kinds of things. Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind. To gain understanding, I'll take care of you. So Daniel 9.23 says this, and I love it. As soon as you begin to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. So every time you pray, God clearly hears our prayer. And an angel is immediately sent from the throne of God to give us an answer to our prayers. So what's the answer? What's the answer to this question? Why should we always pray? The story of Daniel chapter 10 is interesting. This was a huge deal that he had to understand, and he needed a huge answer from God. And then it says that when God sent the angel, there was literally a war for this angel to come down through the heavenlies to meet and give Daniel the answer. A war. Now, let me just tell you this. If, in fact, prayer is the key that moves the heart of God, and you're not aware of it, if that is really the key, I don't want to glorify the devil here or Satan here, but Jesus spent two-thirds of his ministry directed right towards speaking about the devil, standing against it. The devil is real. In fact, Back in the uh, early 60s, there was a book written by Hal Lindsey entitled, The, The Devil is Alive and Well on the Planet Earth. Now, so here's the deal. Let me just tell you this. If the devil doesn't want you happy, he doesn't want you satisfied, he doesn't want your kids serving God, he doesn't want your relationships going well, he doesn't want you blessed, and he wants you to live in stress and turmoil, what would be one of the major things that he would try to come against? Your prayer life. And tell you it doesn't work, especially the microwave generation. I can remember when it took an hour to bake a potato, now I put a potato in the microwave, and I'm standing there, hurry up hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. How come that's not done? That's the way we are. We want our prayers, just boom, answered like that. But sometimes there's a process that goes on that, that has to unfold. So what was happening here, because this was such a key thing that Daniel had to come to understand, and if I had time prophetically to share with you, we're seeing a lot of the prophecy that he, he saw that day unfolding in our society right now and the devil didn't want it out. He never wants his agenda out. So there's this battle going on there, this fight going on. And so what he did is it took three weeks to get the answer. He didn't give up on the first day, second day, ninth day. What if he'd have given up on the 20th day? So God shows him. He pulls back the curtain. And all of a sudden, Daniel can see the angelic beings literally fighting through the demonic forces that want to stop it. Let me tell you, what you're going through today, some of you are going through some really rough stuff. And there's a battle being waged between heaven and hell. And you have to be like that little kid in the name of Jesus. He was asking for chocolate chips. You're asking for an answer for something significant in your life. Have you ever been to a play? You know, like at school or maybe you were fortunate enough to go to New York and go to a Broadway play or to Chicago or some big city. Maybe they have them here. Or you could go to the Meyer Theater here. And they have them down there too at that Meyer Theater. But anyhow, they got this big curtain behind. So the play is going out on the platform, right? Right? You know, you're watching that. This happens occasionally where some stagehand will hit a button and all of a sudden the curtain will open. And all of you, see, you see all the setup behind, you know, and, and to the directors, the, smile, the dismay, but you see the next, you know, they're setting up the next sets, getting ready to move them out, and the actors are getting in place because they got a, a scene coming up. Well, see, what happened here, God pulled back the curtain, and he said, Daniel, here's what's going on. There is a big battle, a big fight going on. Now, I'm telling you right now, and I, I felt this in the first service, I, I feel it now too. I don't want to know what your problem is. But I want to illustrate this in a biblical fashion. And it's more than an illustration because it will work. Is there anyone here going through a literal, literal battle for, their, for whatever it is? It's just such a battle. What I want to do, I would like you to come and I'd like to pray for you. And I'd like to enlist your help and show you immediately how this stuff works. Who would say, you know, Pastor, I got, come on, I'm not going to ask you what it is um okay right uh, okay over here i mean i could choose all of you in fact if you all had your hands up come on up here the ones that had their hands up just come and stand here this is just illustrative but it's going to work come on come on come on anybody else just come up here all right just come on yeah all right stand up with me would you i'm about three quarters of the way through i might get done early you might even make it home for the kickoff who knows Stand up. If you're physically able, up. That means, you know, on your feet, up. All right. Okay, just move in close. Now, if in fact, if in fact it's true, I don't, I don't need to know what your struggle is or your battle is. But God knows. So it says, when Daniel prayed from the very first moment, he knew. God knew. But because there's so many entanglements in what's happened, and the devil is getting such victory on these fronts. There's a battle going on. And what you have to do is you've got to be persistent and pray and not give up, all right? And it might take 20 days. It might take 90 days. It might take six months. And it might happen tomorrow. Or it might happen today. But you've got to figure right now, I believe this because the Bible says it. I believe I can feel the presence of God here. I, I believe there are angels being dispensed, coming right in here. And, and I tell you what, I feel a rich anointing right now. And this, this is not any hocus pocus games. This is what, this is how God works. Just move in. Reach your hands toward these people. Father, from this day, they're going to set their hearts. Many of them have been praying already, but there have been discouragement. They're thinking, it's never going to end. How can I deal with this any longer? But there's a battle going on and they're on the winning team. And, Lord, let them realize that those angels are settling all over. And they're breaking through and they're, they're doing battle. Lord, encourage them and let them pray daily. Let them pray when they get up and when they go to bed and when they're in their cars or, or whenever they get a break at work or in their, in their schedule. Lord, you bring the victory. And, Lord, you said if you love Daniel like you say you did and he was highly esteemed, these are highly esteemed people too. And, Lord, they feel the touch they feel a hand in Jesus' name touching them and ministering to them. And we believe you now for victory. And we'll look forward in these next days and weeks to come to hearing the answer in Jesus' name. Let's just let's give him a hand. Let's believe God. Amen. Amen. That's why we pray and don't give up. That's why we, 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 we have to grab the words, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So from the first day that Daniel prayed, things happen. And now we see behind this curtain what's going on, this angelic warfare that is broken out. When you pray, you turn loose the very power of heaven. Think about that. God said, let there be light. And it says, the word of God says, light separated darkness. Man, we live so, so far below our privileges. And God has a plan and when you go by his structured plan and you say, God, this is how it works and this is how it works, and, and, and you begin to move in that, fantastic things will happen for you. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen from the congregation this morning? Do you believe it? The very powers of heaven, battle forces of darkness, when you pray, Hebrews 1.14 says, angels are ministering spirits Sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Think about that. Man, my wife, she I mean, she's a co-pilot that should be driving my car. She said, Oh, stop. Oh, and she said to me, When I'm not with you, I, I can't believe you're not having accidents. Well, it must be. A ministering spirit is helping me. You see what I mean? But now in, in the real world. Man, and and this, was, this is retweaking me. It's getting back to some basics. This, uh, when I got into this, I, I really have sort of slipped away from just thinking every time I pray. When I, and, and as I finished the message yesterday afternoon and I was, I was thinking about this and I woke up about 5.30 this morning and I started my normal prayer thing and I, I have things I pray for in family and situations in life in general. I just had this fresh awareness. Hey, angel. Hey, angel. You know, We're in the 12th round. It's been a battle. Boom, boom, boom. Almost got knocked out a couple times. But guess what, friends? I've read the last few chapters of the book. And guess what? At the end of the round, my hands are going up. I am the winner. Years ago, there was a song by Carmen called The Champion. Oh, man. Listen, if you've never heard it, even if you're young, it's not old people stuff, man. Carmen will blow your lid off. And, the, and the, the dynamic was, and we did this one time years ago in our church. We built a boxing ring. And my assistant, Dale Oakwood, Dale's preached here, and he was the ringmaster. And, and then we had, this, he had, he was, we had these guys fighting battles with demons, and Jesus was on the cross. And, and the, it, was, oh, it was wild. And the ringmaster, Jesus is the champion. Oh, man. Guess what? I'm his son. My dad's a champion. My dad's bigger than your dad. Remember that? See, that's what, you've got to get a hold of this. Where's Dave? He should be out here trying to alert me. It should be done. You know, what would have happened if Daniel would have given up? What if he had quit, like we said earlier? The Bible says he hung in there. Bible says, always pray, don't give up. Not because God is hard of hearing, not because God has pestered you because of your request, not because God wants to answer us. No. Jesus taught us to always pray. Every time I pray, I unleash more and more power. That's it. It's a building thing. You unleash more and more power. Man, I'm so excited now when I wake up every morning, I'm unleashing more power. I'm calling on those heavenly spirits to help me, to listen to God. Every time you pray, you impart that power if you have difficulties at someone at work, every time you pray, God brings more power. Prayer is not a passive act, prayer is aggressive and active. I want to talk to you about just a second about the word push. When I pray, I push. When everything seems to go wrong, I just push. When the job gets me down, I just push. When people don't react the way that I think they should react, I just push. When the money looks short and I don't know how I'm going to make my bills, I just push. When I want to curse people out for whatever the reason. Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes you just want to grab them and shake them. You. I push. When people don't understand me. Oh. I had a lady tell me about six weeks or seven weeks ago before we left, Colorado, before we left Utah. She said, Pastor Arnie, you've hurt some people. What she was referring to is because I will not back down on how the Bible says things should work. It's a structure. This is how it is. Husband's the head of the house. On the the structure that I'm in now, I submit to that structure. And, you know, sometimes people get mad and they don't understand, but I just push. I want to give you a little acrostic as we close here in a minute on the word push. Push stands for, the P stands for prayer. Push. The U in push stands for until. The S stands for something. The H stands for happens. So what is push? Pray until something happens. Pray until... Push! Pray until something happens. We give up too easy. We fold in to the rhetoric we hear around us so easily swayed because we don't push. George Mueller, I close simply with this little story. He was a great man of prayer.
1: Had an orphanage. This was years
0: and years and years ago. And he had to feed hundreds and hundreds of kids and pay bills. He never sent out a letter requesting money. Even when to be around people who had finances to help him. He wouldn't say, hey, we got hungry kids. He prayed. And miraculously, day after day, week after week, for many, many years, every need was met. Every prayer was met. He'd been in the ministry 57 years, and he was to preach in Canada, and he had to take a boat from where he was to get to the Canadian place to preach. True story. And there was a short time parameter, and George Mueller, in all of his when he was invited to preach anywhere, had never missed a time for sickness, weather, whatever. He was always on time. So he gets on the ship, and he's on the deck with the captain, and they're to push off. But there was such a fog. In fact, you could barely you could reach out and touch it. You couldn't see hardly the nose in front of your face. And that was before sophisticated GPS equipment and all of the things now that ships and automobiles and airplanes have. And Mueller said to the captain, I have to be in Canada at such and such a day. And, and he said, if there was perfect weather, we could make that, but I'm sorry. With this fog, we can't move. Mueller said to the captain, let's go down to the lower deck for a moment. They wound their way down to the lower deck and Mueller said this, we're going to pray and we're going to believe. He said, God has never let me miss an assignment. Never have I been late. Never. So they prayed. Mueller prayed, God, I can't be late. I want you to dissipate the fog so we can push off and I can make my assignment. And the captain said to him, man, well, all right, but... He maybe thought he was hitting the wine a little hard or something, you know, right there. Because this was a, a terrible, intense fog that had hung over this particular area for a, a number of days. They made their way back up onto the deck. And when they broke through and opened the cabin door onto the deck, you could see miles in every direction. See, because he had pushed. And he had, he had used this, and, and I'm telling you, this whole angelic thing—it's just a retweaking. I, I've been at this a long time. I preach on prayer a lot of times, but this last few days, I have been again brought aware, brought aware of the fact that God can do unbelievable things. I want you to stand up with me. We're going to do two things. Bow your heads, close your eyes. We're just service is just about history. You know, if you're here today, the, the only prerequisite to having this type of prayer life is that, as it said in Hebrews, for those of you that are, and I'm going to just paraphrase, those of you that know Christ and that are redeemed, I will dispense ministering angels to help you. So the only qualification is, is that you got Christ in your heart. If you're here today and you don't have Jesus in your heart, I want you to pray this little simple prayer with me. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you ask Christ into your heart from this very day, like the scripture said. Your prayers will go up. He'll heal you, and God can do great things. Let's pray this together. Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Lord, I ask you today to come into my life and forgive my sins. And I'm going to serve you from this day forward. And in God's power, I consider it done. Amen. Now, let's just look up for a moment. How many of you would say, there's some tough situations. Now, a few of you came forward and we prayed for Whatever you're going through, God knows. But all of us are dealing with stuff. Our country's dealing with stuff. We're dealing with uh, all kinds of things. And the answer is prayer. The answer is prayer. How many of you just say, you know, Pastor, I I get it. I get it today. Raise your hand. I get it. Father, as our hands are raised, Lord, whenever we pray, even when we pray over our food, may we thank God that there's ministering spirits there. And Lord, I pray now that you would just, over everything we do, would release us like never before to believe you in prayer, And may we never give up like the little boy who wanted those cookies. But Lord, we're not talking about cookies here. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about finances. We're talking about sickness. We're talking about the very culture within we live that was formulated by a group of godly people who came from Europe to establish a country under God, indivisible, if my people, which are called by my name, will pray. And so, Lord, we're going to do it. We're going to have a new excitement because we'll realize that you have dispensed ministering spirits, angels, to help us to get the message through, to fight off the evil hold that has held so many of us down. And Lord, we are going to see a breakthrough. Amen. God bless you.